Section one of Prometheus Illbound. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Prometheus Illbound by Andre Gide, translated by Lillian Rothmere. Eagle, vulture, or dove, Victor Hugo. In the month of May, eighteen ninety, at two o'clock in the afternoon, this occurred, which might appear strange. On the boulevard leading from the Madeleine to the Opera. A stout gentleman of middle age, with nothing remarkable about him but uncommon corpulence, was approached by a thin gentleman who, smilingly, thinking no harm, we believe, gave him back a handkerchief that he had just dropped. The corpulent gentleman thanked him briefly and was going his way when he suddenly leant towards the thin man and must have asked for information, which must have been given, for he produced from his pocket a portable ink-pot and pens, which without more ado he handed to the thin gentleman, and also an envelope which up to this minute he had been holding in his hand. And those who passed could see the thin man writing an address upon it. But here begins the strange part of the story, which no newspaper, however, reported. The thin gentleman, after having given back the pen and the envelope, had not even the time to smile adieu when the fat gentleman, in form of thanks, abruptly struck him on the face, then jumped into a cab and disappeared, before any of the spectators, stupefied with surprise, I was there, thought of stopping him. I have been told since that it was Zeus the banker. The thin gentleman, visibly upset by the attentions of the crowd, insisted that he had hardly felt the blow, notwithstanding that the blood poured out of his nose and his cut-open lip. He begged them to be kind enough to leave him alone, and the crowd, on his insistence, slowly dispersed. Thus the reader will allow us to leave at present someone he will hear of sufficiently later on. A Chronicle of Private Morality 1. I will not speak of public morals, for there are none, but this reminds me of an anecdote. When, on the heights of the Caucasus, Prometheus found that chains, clamps, straight waistcoats, parapets, and other scruples had on the whole a numbing effect on him, for a change he turned to the left, stretched his right arm, and, between the fourth and fifth hours of an autumn afternoon, walked down the boulevard which leads from the Madeleine to the Opera. Different Parisian celebrities passed continually before his eyes. Where are they going? Prometheus asked himself, and settling himself in a café with a book, he asked, Waiter, where are they going? The History of the Waiter and the Millionaire if his lordship could see them coming and going every day as I do, said the waiter, he would also ask where do they come from. It must be the same place as they pass every day. I say to myself, since they always return, they cannot have found what they want. Now I wait for his lordship to ask me, what are they looking for? And his lordship will see what I shall reply. Then Prometheus asked, what are they looking for? The waiter replied, since they do not remain where they go, it cannot be happiness. His lordship may believe me or not, and coming nearer, he said in a low voice, they are looking for their personalities. His lordship does not live here? No, said Prometheus. One can easily see that, said the waiter. Yes, personality. We call it here idiosyncrasy. Like me, for example, from what you see, you think I am just a waiter in a restaurant. Well, your lordship, no. It is by choice. You may believe me or not. I have an inner life. I observe. Personalities are the only interesting things. 
and then the relations between personalities it is very well arranged in this restaurant tables for three i will explain the management later on you will dine soon will you not we will introduce you prometheus was a little tired the waiter continued yes tables for three that is what i found the easiest three gentlemen arrive they are introduced they are introduced if they wish it of course for in my restaurant before dining you must give your name then say what you do so much the worse if you deceive each other then you sit down not i you talk not i of course but i put you in sympathy i listen i scrutinize i direct the conversation at the end of dinner i know three inner men three personalities they know i you understand i listen i bring into relation they submit to the relationship you will ask me what do you gain by this oh nothing at all it pleases me to create relationships oh not for me it is what one would call an absolutely gratuitous act prometheus appeared a little tired the waiter continued a gratuitous act does this convey nothing to you to me it seems extraordinary i thought for a long time that this was the one thing that distinguished man from the animals a gratuitous act i called man an animal capable of a gratuitous act and then afterwards i thought the contrary that man is the only being incapable of acting gratuitously gratuitously just think without reason yes i hear shall we say without motive incapable then this idea began to fidget me i said to myself why does he do this why does he do that and yet i am not a determinist but that reminds me of an anecdote i have a friend my lord you will hardly believe me who he is a millionaire he is also intelligent he said to himself a gratuitous act how to do it and understand this does not only mean an act that brings no return no but gratuitous an act that has no motive do you understand no interest no passion nothing the act disinterested born of itself the act without aim thus without master the free act the act autochthon hey said prometheus listen well said the waiter my friend went out one morning taking with him a banknote of twenty pounds in an envelope and a blow prepared in his hand the point was to find somebody without choosing him so he drops his handkerchief in the street and to the man who picks it up evidently kindly since he picked it up the millionaire pardon sir do you not know someone the other yes several the millionaire then sir will you have the kindness to write his name on this envelope here is a table pens and a pencil the other good-naturedly writes then now sir will you explain yourself the millionaire replies it is on principle then i forgot to tell you that he was very strong he strikes him with the blow he had in his hand then calls a cab and disappears do you understand two gratuitous acts in one go the banknote of twenty pounds sent to an address which he had not selected and the blow given to a person who selected himself to pick up the handkerchief no but is it gratuitous enough and the relation i bet you have not seriously scrutinized the relationship for as the act is gratuitous it is what we call here reversible 
one receives twenty pounds for a blow and the other a blow for twenty pounds then no one knows one is lost think of it a gratuitous act there is nothing more demoralizing but my lord is beginning to be hungry i beg his lordship's pardon i forget myself i talk too much will his lordship kindly give me his name so that i can introduce him prometheus said prometheus simply prometheus i was right his lordship is a stranger here and his lordship's occupation is i do nothing said prometheus oh no no said the waiter with an ingratiating smile only to see his lordship one knows at once that he is a man with an occupation it is so long ago stammered prometheus never mind never mind continued the waiter anyway his lordship need not be uneasy in introducing i only say the name if you like but the occupation never come tell me his lordship's occupation is making matches murmured prometheus blushing there followed a painful silence the waiter understanding that he should not have insisted prometheus feeling that he should not have answered in a consoling tone well after all his lordship does not make them any more said the waiter but then what i must write down something i cannot write simply prometheus his lordship has perhaps an avocation a speciality after all what can his lordship do nothing again said prometheus then let us say journalist now if his lordship will come into the restaurant i cannot serve dinner outside and he cried a table for three one by two doors two gentlemen entered they could be seen giving their names to the waiter but the introductions not having been asked for without more ado the men both sat down and when they had sat down two gentlemen said one of them if i have come to this restaurant where the food is bad it is only to talk i have a horror of solitary meals and this system of tables for three pleases me as with two one might wrangle but you look taciturn it is quite unintentional said prometheus shall i continue yes please do it seems to me quite possible that during lunch three people have time to become very well known to each other not losing too much time eating not talking too much and avoiding trite topics i mean to say mentioning only strictly individual experiences i do not pretend that one is obliged to talk but why come to this restaurant where the food is bad if conversation does not suit you prometheus was very tired the waiter leant over and whispered that is cocles the one who is going to speak is damocles damocles said the history of damocles sir if you had said that to me a month ago i should have had nothing to say but after what happened to me last month all my ideas have changed i will not speak of my old thoughts except to make you understand in what way i have changed now gentlemen since thirty days i feel that i am an original unique being with a very singular destiny so gentlemen you can deduct that before i felt the contrary i lived a perfectly ordinary life and made it my business to be as commonplace as possible now however i must admit that a commonplace man does not exist and i affirm that it is a vain ambition to try to resemble everybody for everybody is composed of each one and each one does not resemble anybody but never mind i took the greatest pains to put things right i drew up statistics i calculated the happy medium 
without understanding that extremes meet that he who goes to bed very late comes across him who gets up very early and that he who chooses the happy medium risks to fall between two stools every night i went to bed at ten i slept eight hours and a half i was most careful in all my actions to copy the majority and in all my thoughts the most approved opinions useless to insist but one day a personal adventure happened to me the importance of which in the life of a well-ordered man as i was can only be understood later on it is a precedent it is terrible and i received it three just imagine one morning i received a letter gentlemen i see by your lack of astonishment that i am telling my story very badly i should have told you first that i did not expect any letters i receive exactly two a year one from my landlord to ask for the rent, and one from my bankers to inform me that I can pay it. But on the 1st of January I received a third letter. I cannot tell you where from. The address was in an unknown hand. The complete lack of character shown in the handwriting, which was revealed to me by graphologists, whom I consulted, gave me no clue. The only indication the writing gave was one of great kindness, and here again certain of them inferred weakness. They could make nothing of it. The writing, I speak you understand of the writing on the envelope, for in the envelope there was none. None, not a word, not a line. In the envelope there was nothing but a banknote of twenty pounds. I was just going to drink my chocolate, but I was so astonished that I let it get cold. I searched my mind. Nobody owes me money. I have a fixed revenue, gentlemen, and with little economies each year, notwithstanding the continual fall in the value of stock, I managed to live within my income. I expected nothing, as I have said. I have never asked for anything. My usual regular life prevents me from even wishing for anything. I gave much thought to the question after the best methods. Cour, unde, quo, qua. From where, for where, by where, why. And this note was not an answer, for this was the first time in my life I questioned anything. I thought, it must be a mistake. Perhaps I can repair it. This sum was intended, no doubt, for someone of the same name. So I looked in the post office directory for a homonym, who was perhaps expecting the letter. But my name cannot be common, as in looking through that enormous book I was the only one of that name indicated. I hoped to come to a better result by the writing on the envelope, and find out who sent the letter, if not to whom it was sent. It was then that I consulted the graphologists. But nothing, no nothing, they could tell me nothing which only increased my distress. These twenty pounds troubled me more and more every day. I would like to get rid of them, but I do not know what to do. For anyhow, or if someone had given them to me, at least they deserve to be thanked. I should like to show my gratitude. But to whom? Always in the hope of something turning up, I carry the note with me. It does not leave me day or night. I am at its disposal. Before I was banal but free. Now I belong to that note. This adventure has decided me. I was nothing, now I am somebody. Since this adventure I am restless. I search for people to talk to, and if I come here for my meals it is because of this system of tables for three. Among the people I meet here I hope one day to find the one who will know the writing on the envelope. Here it is. With these words Damocles drew from his breast a sigh, and from his frock coat a dirty yellow envelope. His full name was written there in a very ordinary handwriting. Then a strange thing happened. 
Cocles, who up to that time had been silent, kept silent, but suddenly raised his hand and made a violent effort to strike Damocles, the waiter catching his hand just in time. Cocles recovered himself and sadly made this speech, which can be only understood later on. After all, it is better so, for if I had succeeded in returning you the blow, you would have believed it your duty to give me back the note, and it does not belong to me. Then seeing that Damocles was waiting for a further explanation, it was I, he added, pointing to the envelope, who wrote your address. But how did you know my name? cried Damocles, rather annoyed by the incident. By chance, quietly said Cocles. In any case, that is of little importance in this story. My story is even more curious than yours. Let me tell you in a few words. The History of Cocles I have very few friends in the world, and before this happened I did not know of one. I do not know who was my father and never knew my mother. For a long time I wondered why I lived. I went out into the streets searching for a determining influence from outside. I thought the first thing that happens to me will decide my destiny, for I did not make myself as I am, too naturally kind for that. The first act, I knew, would give a motive to my life. Naturally kind, as I have said, my first act was to pick up a handkerchief. The one who dropped it had only gone three steps. Running after him, I returned it to him. He took it without appearing surprised. No, the surprise was mine when he handed me an envelope. The same one you see here. Will you have the kindness, he said smilingly, to write here an address? What address, I asked. That, he replied, of anyone you know. So saying, he placed near me all the materials to write with. Wishing to let myself go to exterior influence, I submitted. But as I told you, I have few friends in the world. I wrote the first name that came into my head at the moment, a name quite unknown to me. Having written the name I bowed, would have walked on, when I received a tremendous blow on my face. In my astonishment I lost sight of my adversary. When I came to myself I was surrounded by a crowd. All spoke at once. They would not let me alone. I could only rid myself of their attentions by assuring them that I was not hurt at all, even though my jaw caused me terrible pain and my nose was bleeding furiously. The tumefaction of my face confined me to my room for a week. I passed my time thinking, why did he strike me? It must have been a mistake. What could he have against me? I have never hurt anybody. Nobody could wish me ill. There must be a reason for ill will. And if it was not a mistake, for the first time I was thinking, if that blow was intended for me. In any case, what does it matter? By mistake or not, I received it, and shall I return it? I have told you I am naturally good-hearted. And then there is another thing which worries me. The man who struck me was much stronger than I. When my face was well and I could go out again, I looked everywhere for my adversary. Yes, but it was to avoid him. Anyway, I never saw him again, and if I avoided him it was without knowing it. But, and in saying this he leant towards Prometheus, you see today how everything joins up. It is becoming more complicated instead of less so. I understand that, thanks to my blow, this gentleman has received twenty pounds. Ah, but allow me, said Damocles. I am Cocles, sir, said he, bowing to Damocles. Cocles! And I tell you my name, Damocles, for you must certainly be pleased to know to whom you owe your windfall. But, yes, I know. We will not say to whom. We will say, 
from the suffering of whom for understand and do not forget that your gain came from my misfortune but do not cavil i beg you between your gain and my trouble there is a relation i do not quite know which but there is a relation but sir do not call me sir but my dear cockleys say simply cockleys but once again my best cockleys no sir no damocles and it is no use your talking for i still wear the mark of the blow on my cheek it is a wound that i will show you at once the conversation becoming disagreeably personal the waiter at this moment showed his tact four by a clever movement simply upsetting a full plate over prometheus he suddenly diverted the attention of the other two prometheus could not restrain an exclamation and his voice after the others seemed so profound that one realized that up to this minute he had not spoken the irritation of damocles and cocles joined forces but you say nothing they cried prometheus speaks oh gentlemen anything that i can say has so little importance i do not really see how and then the more i think no truly i have nothing to say you have each of you a history i have none excuse me believe me it is with the greatest interest that i have heard you each relate an adventure which i wish i could but i cannot even express myself easily no truly you must excuse me gentlemen i have been in paris less than two hours nothing has as yet happened to me except my delightful meeting with you which gives me such a good idea of what a conversation can be between two parisians when they are both men of talent but before you came here said cocles you must have been somewhere added damocles yes i admit it said prometheus but again once more it has absolutely no connection never mind said cocles we came here to talk we have both of us damocles and i already given our share you alone bring nothing you listen it is not fair it is time to speak mr the waiter feeling instinctively that the moment had come for the introduction quietly slipped in the name to complete the sentence prometheus he said simply prometheus repeated damocles excuse me sir but it seems to me that that name already oh interrupted prometheus quickly that is not of the slightest importance but if there is nothing of importance impatiently cried the other two why have you come here dear mr mr prometheus replied prometheus simply dear mr prometheus as i remarked a while ago continued cocles this restaurant invites conversation and nothing will convince me that your strange name is the only thing that distinguishes you if you have done nothing you are surely going to do something what are you capable of doing what is the most distinguishing thing about you what have you that nobody else possesses why do you call yourself prometheus drowned beneath this flow of questions prometheus bent his head and slowly and in a serious voice stammered what have i gentlemen what have i oh i have an eagle a what eagle vulture perhaps opinions differ an eagle that's funny an eagle where is he you insist on seeing it said prometheus yes they cried if it is not too indiscreet then prometheus quite forgetting where he was suddenly started up and gave a great cry a call to his eagle and this stupefying thing happened history of the eagle 
a bird which from afar looked enormous but which seen close was not so very big after all darkened for a moment the sky above the boulevard and sped like a whirlwind towards the cafe bursting through the window it put out cockley's eye with one stroke of its wing and then chirruping as it did so tenderly indeed but imperiously fell with a swoop upon prometheus's right side and prometheus forthwith undid his waistcoat and offered his liver to the bird five there was a great disturbance voices now mingled confusedly for some other people had come into the restaurant but for goodness sake take care cried cocles his remark was unheard beneath the loud cries of that an eagle i don't think look at that poor gaunt bird that an eagle not much at the most a conscience the fact is that the great eagle was pitiful to see thin and mangy and with drooping wings as it greedily devoured its miserable pittance the poor bird seemed as if it had not eaten for three days others nevertheless made a fuss and whispered insinuatingly to prometheus but sir i hope you do not think that this eagle distinguishes you in any way an eagle shall i tell you an eagle we all have one but said another but we do not bring them to paris continued another in paris it is not the fashion eagles are a nuisance you see what it has already done if it amuses you to let it eat your liver you are at liberty to do so but i must tell you that it is a painful sight when you do it you should hide yourself prometheus confused murmured excuse me gentlemen oh i am really sorry what can i do you ought to get rid of it before you come in sir and some said smother it and others sell it the newspaper officers are there for nothing else sir and in the tumult which followed no one noticed damocles who suddenly asked the waiter for the bill the waiter gave him the following three lunches with conversation thirty francs shop window four hundred and fifty francs a glass eye for cockley's three francs fifty and keep the rest for yourself said damocles handing the banknote to the waiter then he quickly made off beaming with joy the end of this chapter is much less interesting little by little the restaurant became empty in vain prometheus and cocles insisted on paying their share of the bill damocles had already paid it prometheus said good-bye to the waiter and cocles and going back slowly to the caucasus he thought sell it smother it tame it perhaps end of section one